This is the Not Ascent Podcast. We are brought to you by Unionville Curling Club. The best place to get on ice and throw a few rocks in the GTA. Contact them. They will overprice anything for you, but you can actually curl. We need to stand up and put our rooms together so prices can get lower, but we are sponsored by Unionville Curling Club. We're also sponsored by Exco with the bulldog on the front. Use attention byway shoppers. Grab yourself an Exco jacket. It's not an Echo. Fuck the rhino. You're going with the bulldog. Not a Scent Podcast is also brought to you by Darts. Darts are live. Any brand, any package. If you get a chance to go to a native reserve, make sure you grab your darts. They are way cheaper than Petro-Canada. Fuck you, Petro-Canada. Just letting you know. Natives all the way. And our final sponsor, one that we are very proud to be part of, is Neutral Vodka. Neutral Vodka, one of the smoothing tastes that you can have at the end of the night. And they're... Logo and label says you will not be hungover. Doesn't even matter how many you drink, you will not be hungover. Anyway, now that we got that out of the way, I was recently at Metalworks with my band and I was reminiscing. You know, it's kind of funny when you get in a studio and you get to do what you really want to do in life. And then you get to stand there, you know, and you talk about it and everything, and you get and it happens. And then you do it. You kind of don't realize the moment of what you're doing until after. So now it's been like a day later. And uh, I started to reminisce of why am I into music? What like made me do this? Because I kind of really didn't start rapping and giving it a good go. So I was like 15 or 16, but instantly when I was 16 years old, a good friend of mine, Jay Parsons, had a, uh, he was human kebab and he had this guy named MC Dirty Mattress and they played the Opera House. And they opened for Beat Nuts, which Beat Nuts are huge. Like, big time like old school rap hip-hop guys and as a little 16 year old I'm like oh you know I got I got the VIP pass and he was like my big brother that I always wanted and I got to go and experience it and he got booed the fuck off stage this dude like they were throwing shit and there was a bunch of stole people there so at the time like when people were booing them all the stole people started fucking beating them up buddy's brother is fucking nails just a savage he's like edward norton in american history x starts fucking knuckling a bunch of dudes chaos poor jay and the reason it was a bad show was because of mc dirty mattress nothing to do with jay because Jay went on to do great things and fucking sell out stadiums and go around the world. MC Dirty Mattress is just like a dirty mattress, probably in some landfill that nobody even knows where the fuck it is. 
out at that time, so they got booed off stage, so their set was cut short. And I was there in the backstage rapping, and I got punked by this guy who was Bless's manager at the time. He's from Montreal. This big, fat fucking guy. Like, this guy was like literally so overweight for five foot eight. <laughs> and uh, I'm battling him. And I fucking made him look like an idiot. I'm a little 16 year old punk. And so, you know, like, huge chronic smoker and, and and I was going to this show you know so I, I and it was the beat nuts so I made sure like I brought like easily over a half ounce with me and that's in my blunt smoking days before I started smoking poppers it was purely just rolling blunts so this motherfucker like after I'm just ripping on him he's like yo 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 um okay yo kid uh cause your boy like screwed up uh, there's some stage time right now. We're gonna get you to freestyle. And I'm like, oh, fuck, nice. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so just go up there. But, um, yo, I know you got that bag of weed, so, like, chop me, like, like, you know, give me, like, half quarter, 40, you know, 40 bucks worth. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So, like, open up my bag. Easily give this guy, like, five grams. He's like, oh, no, come on, man, big it up. Next thing you know, my half ounce turned into like two grams and he's got the whole thing. And I'm like, okay, where's the money? He's like, oh, yo, man, go on stage. I just got to go reach to the car and I'll go get my cash and I'll be back. So me being dumb and 16, I'm like, okay. So I go on stage and a fucking cocksucker got the DJ to put on uh, Biggie Smalls. Unbelievable. So at this point in my life, I didn't know that it is an absolute curse to spit over a biggie beat. You don't do that. You just don't. Like if you if you want your life to be cursed, you don't spit over biggie beats. You can spit over anyone's beat, but you don't spit over anything biggie fucking touched. Now I'm naive, I'm 16, I don't know this, I'm from Stouffville. Started rapping, kind of a phenom. And I go out there, and it's unbelievable. And I just start rapping, just fucking ripping it. And I do know, like, I, <laughs> I fucking ripped it. As I was so full of fucking piss and vinegar, just battling a bunch of guys in the back room. I was already feeling a little bit of the heat because the guys I came with got booed off stage. And I was like, fuck that. Like, I love these guys. These guys are my fucking homies. And I was feeling that heat in the backstage, and... I was projecting that through to these guys. So I was very on a killer on point, like a 16-year-old O-dog minus the killing. (laughs) And I I remember, like, probably I'm about almost a minute and a half, two minutes just freestyling. These two huge, big, like, black guys come grab me. They're like, yo, man, like, what are you doing, son? They grab me like, we gotta save you. I'm like, what? They're like, man, you got fucking serious balls on you, Guaylo, you white boy. And I'm like, what the fuck? They're like, you don't spit over Biggie Beats. You just walked out there like you own the place. And then I'm starting to hit me. I'm like, oh, whoa. So they're like, but yo, you got your VIP badge on? I'm like, yeah, I gotta get backstage. So they kind of like pulled me off and... 
there's people pissed at me for doing this and they they protected me and I kind of like slithered off and went outside to the side part of the building and I went around to the back because I knew where I could get in and I go back to see fucking I don't even know the guy's name fucking French barrette wearing asshole he was bless his manager that's all I know about this guy and he was fat as fuck I go back to get my money and he's gone punked 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 so that was my introduction to the first time that I ever got a taste of the, the stage in the real life and I learned so much like plentyfold but at the time, like, fuck that dude. I would never do that to a fucking young little kid. You know? When you recognize that there's some young guy who loves music and just wants to be part of it and very, very grateful to be there and you just not, nothing but want to piss on his parade because he was coming at you. To each their own. But really where I started this off is like, we're at deeper where I thought, why did I get into music? And I literally want to have a conversation with Mrs. McConaughey, my grade seven teacher. Because pre, like even me into music, she was my grade seven teacher and she was the music teacher. So we had the, the music room. And I remember like, I was just kind of a fucking asshole, but Not really, but I was very, like, I'd ask questions to piss teachers off. So somehow I found myself in detention. And my parents weren't the type of parents, like, when, oh, uh, we need to talk to you about Ryan. My parents came in, they're like, yeah, we agree with you 100%. You know what? Turn up that fucking punishment. Huh? Like, they weren't like the parents, like, fuck you. My son, my kid is the best, you fucking cuck. No, not at all. They never had my back. Actually, every time my parents went in with teachers, it was like they were on their side and even tenfold. So somehow, my dad and Mrs. McConaughey came up with a great idea that I would serve detention till 5.30. Okay? School finished at 3.45. So from 3.45 to 5.30, I was stuck in the music room with my teacher who fucking hated me. Well, wasn't it funny after like the beginning? Because we had these, uh, you know, we'd have to read these stupid fucking picture books. You know, write your little book report on it. Who could read the, the most amount of books? So like in my time, I just started fucking smashing through books. Beginning. And she would do, like I would notice as soon as like, probably was like, like literally at 4.20, I'm not even lying. 4.20 she'd peace out and she'd go to her little fucking Astro van. Just fucking puff weed and get stoned as fuck. It's so high. And then she'd come back and she'd be like, and I, I didn't know the smell because I'm like grade seven at the time. I'm like fucking, is this cigarettes? I don't know. Is this incense? Kind of smelt this around maybe some of my parents' friends, but I don't fucking know. Because my parents are straight edge. Like, they're no dope smokers. Not at all. 
So once I started going through and I fucking, I smashed all the books in like two weeks. And she, this is when she kind of started to open up. It was weird. Cause then she'd always give me a task every day upon these things. Like I'd have to clean fucking instruments, clean fucking every woodwind, change the spit valves, like fuck, like. And so when we were started to clean the instruments, she would talk to me about Norse myth and mythology and just a lot of kind of cool stuff that like, you know, you wouldn't really be told about. And it was funny because I hated her so much. And then after a bit, I was like, yo, she was one of the coolest teachers going. And, you know, for what it's worth, the reason I think I am a musician is in the seventh grade, my homeroom teacher was a music teacher and I got 5.30 detention for a few months. And I don't know, I guess just being around that and being around that kind of thing, it just really rubbed off on me. Now, grade eight, I was a fucking steadfast George Bush lover. Hate to admit it, fuck that dick. He knocked down the towers. But I always thought I was gonna be a politician or a lawyer or something else, but I just think that time of being around there and being around Mrs. McConaughey, one of the coolest things that she would have in her class, she would do this thing uh, where we would listen to a song and we'd have to write out the lyrics and then she'd stop and she'd see, you know, Who's ear? Who could pick it all out? And two songs that we did. And I'll never forget them. I know them word for word. Black Velvet by Alana Miles. Which is ironically later on I found out she's a Canadian girl who did blow and coke with like every fucking old biker boy around here. <laughs> but she had a banging tune. I know that song uh, word for word. And walking on Memphis. Walking with my feet 10 feet off of Beale. Probably you don't even know that lyric there, but. I was ended in my class. I far surpassed anyone on like getting the lyrics down. I was, it was ridiculous. The way that I could just write them down. And I fucking didn't even like these songs because Grade seven, I'm listening to Rage Against the Machine and Colin James. <laughs> Colin James because that's what my parents listen to. Rage Against the Machine is because that's what all the skateboard older kids were listening to in high school. And I was like, yo, what, what's this music? And still to this day, like, still put Rage at the top. So, you know, I, I don't know where Mrs. McConaughey is, but, you know, thank you. Ironically, I go to high school and her husband was the music teacher there, Mr. McConaughey. He had a big duster, long ponytail, gray as fucking Santa's beard. <laughs> I never wanted to join the music program. When we were in elementary school, 
I guess, Miss McConaughey the first time through. I guess you do music in grade six. Or was it grade seven? I don't fucking even know. I think grade six. Or seven. Grade six? Yeah. So, I'm like, I wanted to play saxophone. She looks at me. She looks at my fingers. She's like, your fingers are too long. You should be a piano player. But we don't teach piano here. I'm like, but I want to play sax. She's like, you're going to be a drummer. I'm like, fuck. Okay, whatever. So, turns out, uh, while I was a drummer, the other drummer was Colin Lang. And his dad was Corky Lang, who wrote the song Mississippi Queen and was the drummer in Mountain. So it was so funny. So then there's Colin and then Mike Ellis. And Mike Ellis' dad was a drummer. Phenomenal. Had a drum set. Was really good. He was the... He was one of those guys who were in like a cover bar band, you know, he'd play on the weekends and plumber, great guy in his job, never wanted to be a rock star, but loved music and played very fucking well and probably easily could have been. So I'm sitting between two two sons of drummers. I fucking know how to play. And actually they're both my buddies, but more Mike was my buddy at the time when I was younger. And I go over to their house and fuck around the drums and was no good I fucking didn't and the funniest thing was like Miss McConaughey she we'd have these drum tests and it's like hit the snare like play hot cross buns Colin's like fuck this like all we got was a snare and a hi-hat and Mike he was a nice kid he would never say it but he would have felt the same thing he's like fuck like give me a fucking real set like this isn't drums what the hell is this and he just kind of chirped Miss McConaughey <laughs> And you know what? She never chirped him back. Well, she did, but she really couldn't because it's like, um, okay, uh, yeah, your dad's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as one of the greatest drummers. Like, what am I going to say to you? It's pretty cool. And, you know, now as I get older, you know, I kind of reminisce back of, like, why. There's a lot of different reasons why, um, when I became professional, that's a whole nother story that I'll save for another time because there's a whole list of people for that why. But before then, those are the two really big things that stand out. <clears throat> the third, probably when I was a young, young, young child going to my grandfather's house, my nana's, and listening to swing and big jazz, and dancing around with my cousins and putting underwear on my head and being an idiot and pretending I could dance like Frank Sinatra. And some way, like, kind of ingrained into me. So, for people who are new parents, don't take me for anything, but be very careful kind of what you put around and surround your kid in. Because even at a young age, I was a child actor. My parents put me in acting and I did modeling and I had a very open lifestyle to entertainment and I had no choice of that and I thank them but we, we are definitely a big huge reflection of our environment now uh, most podcasts that you hear on here are just straight up fucking tomfoolery but the one thing I love about this podcast is I can do whatever the fuck I want So, that being said, tune in, 
There's a lot of cool things coming along, especially with Chase and Jane. Volt Records, Not A Scent Clothing, and more or less just in life in general. I think they're really gonna turn up the vortex of the world right now. We're all in our prime, and I'm so glad you guys are listening. Take care and have a great night.